0: Hello and welcome to the Elevate Podcast. I am your host, Adam Harris, and here at Elevate Podcast, it's all about focus flow and fun for leaders and senior leadership teams, entrepreneurs, etc. Uh, Today I'm joined by my co-host, Kelly Feehan, and um, I just thought we'd uh, spend a little bit of time... Uh, for you as the listener, getting to know Kelly, because as I said in our previous podcast, uh, some of the podcasts are going to be just me, some of them are just going to be Kelly, some of them are going to be do- the two of us together, so um, some of you won't know who she is, so I thought we'd use this as an opportunity to find out more. Hello, Kelly. Hello. Cool. Uh, tell us about yourself. Who are you? What do you
1: do? Um, I'm Kelly. Um, Kelly Fian. Uh, what do I do? Uh cool. Not very much quite a lot of the time, which is um, pretty much the way I planned it. So that's quite good. No, I was, um, I trained as a probation officer originally. Well, actually, no, I trained as a lawyer originally. And, and then I jumped ship, uh, according to my family, and became a probation officer, which I did for 10 years, 10, 11 years, um, before I had children and i did various things after that mainly charity mainly uh not for profit and public sector work before um being a senior leader in a in a charity for quite a few years about 8 years um working with clients with various needs um all around the world mainly in the uk but globally based um until covid really um and during covid i came to uh we had a house in france and i came here to work from home which i did for a little while and then never went back (laughs) so we i'd wanted to live we wanted to live in france for a long while that's fair to say and it's just that for 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 me covid was the opportunity to um up sticks and move so we now live uh, in the Loire Valley uh, in France mm-hmm. in a very uh, rural... Uh, we live in a village, but it's a very rural village in the middle of France. Um, and, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so I retrained as a coach. Um, I thought I was going to retire. I thought I was going to retire and not do anything. But mm-hmm. my uh, husband knew that that probably wouldn't last very long because I I don't know whether it's the Gemini or or what it is, but I get bored really easily, um, easily distractible, mm-hmm. easily bored. And um, I needed something to, to occupy myself. So I thought about all the things that I did and all the things that I like. And the thing that I, I like working with people, I like knowing people, I like hearing about what... Uh, what's going on for them? I like um I actually like bossing people around that's probably the root of <laughs> of many of my job choices but actually uh as i've grown older um I really enjoy coaching people and that's what i've retrained really to do since i've been in France and that's obviously you were for those who don't know Adam was my coach uh for many years. God love him. For sticking it out for that long, (laughs) Uh, and yes, so let's
0: let's talk about. So let's let's talk about that. Um, How are you finding coaching? What what are you learning about yourself? Um, How are you finding working with other people and supporting and navigating them and through their issues, challenges, and opportunities?
1: I think. I mean, the, 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 bit that I love and the bit that I've kind of, I've always loved about working with people, whether it was as a coach or, um, as a probation officer working with, with clients, um, some, you know, as you can imagine, some of, some of which are really tricky points in their lives is, and, and managing people as well is just how, you know, generous people can be with sharing bits of their life. So... Um, you know letting you in and discussing stuff sometimes it's quite personal sometimes it's you you know it's it's long-held or um sensitive and things like that so I'm always I'm always struck with how um great it is when people can be so open and honest and I love that I love getting to know people the bits that I've learned about myself is that um is that I can still be incredibly impatient. Um, I can still think that I know the answer. Um, And I think what I've learned, being a coach, being a developing coach, I think you're always learning, but is that need to sit back and really listen. And that's that's the true skill, I think, of being able to listen without judgment and it's, I mean, it's a human response to have an opinion. Um, but that skill of, of listening without judgment and, you know, gently nudging and suggesting and, you know, and, and guiding and getting people to explore and open up to other the possibilities about their situation, I think is, um, is really great. It's it, that's the bit that I, I love. And, and the bit that I, I mean, that I, I love and I don't, particularly take credit for is is when you when you see somebody move from a to b and b's where they really wanted to be they might not know where b was or that they wanted to be at b when they started but actually getting them to move to a point um and be happy with where they've got to that's uh, that that there is a really big sense of satisfaction i suppose it's job satisfaction at the end of the day but yeah i love that bit
0: what are you wondering at the moment just Anything? What are you wondering? I, I just love that question. I think wonderment is. Um, I think often we don't give ourselves the permission to just kind of sit back and, I suppose, naval gaze, but or, or just wonder and just you know look out the window and just go, hmm, I wonder. So, what what are you wondering at the moment?
1: Oh, I, I mean, that's really interesting because I was I was having a conversation not not that long ago and um, a, a chap who was one of my lecturers. He was a senior lecturer, I think, when I was being a probation officer. He said that um, reflection is a luxury Um, and as a student when you are learning and certainly there was a lot of practical work practice work and guided stuff when we were trained to be probation officers I've no idea what it's like now I should say this is like 20 years ago but um, you were encouraged to reflect and you um, you wrote a reflective journal in fact um, and he said, he said to us, "Reflection is such a privilege, such a luxury, that you won't have very often in your professional life." And I think that's it's one of the things that I'm grateful for. Certainly, the 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 lifestyle that I have now definitely allows me to be more reflective. What am I wondering at the minute? I wonder if I'd have said to myself ten years ago that this is what my life would be like. I wonder whether I wonder what that Kelly would have said. She'd have well <laughs> nearly swore then. I can imagine what she'd have said. Um she'd have thought it were ridiculous. She thought it wouldn't have worked. She wouldn't have thought it was possible. So I suppose I wonder what what's ten years gonna look like, you know. Um Yeah, down the line. But I love, I love the, uh, I love, I think I'm now more like myself than I ever have been. So the things that I'm interested in, the things that I allow myself to do. um, And it's exciting to think about the other stuff that, you know, might come along and um, hijack my attention. I love having my attention hijacked. That's the... Uh, I think there's... there's I might copyright that, actually. There might be a blog post in that um, somewhere about having your attention hijacked. You know, lots of different things. One of my best books, my book recommendations, and my friends uh, my friend rip the piss out of me for this all the time. is One of my favourite books is called um, uh, The History of Colour, The Story of Colour. Anybody listening to this should read it, The Story of Colour. And it goes through the a whole... A whole spectrum, there must be, I don't know, 70 colour shades in this book, and it goes through all the history of that pigment. And it's a book that you can read and you just get completely lost in it. Um the fact that you know a lot of silver cutlery, that silver cutlery was highly prized um in like medieval time, and people thought, well, oh, it's because silver's valuable. But one of the reasons that silver cutlery was prized was because if it was if it touched something poisonous in food, it tarnished. And so because poisoning people was quite a handy way of bumping them off uh, in those times, silver cutlery was actually prized because, yeah, y- you know, you could see whether somebody was trying to bump you off through your food. It's just like little things like that I, I, I find fascinating. Somebody listening probably think I'm a yeah. light geek, but... Um, but yeah that book I mean discovering that book was 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 awesome for me.
0: Just just say that phrase again the hijacking of what did you say attention
1: hijacking attention Hijacking of attention. Mm. We tell kids all the time oh don't be so distracted concentrate you know um stop daydreaming blah 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 but actually as an adult I I just think it's a luxury just to be able to just ponder you know stuff i wonder what you know kids can make kids imaginations are amazing you know they can get a piece of play-doh and it can be anything you know and as an adult we look at it well i look at still look at a piece of play-doh and think it's the devil's bloody dandruff because it gets in the carpet and all over the furniture and god knows what else but for a kid it's just the endless possibilities and i think as Somewhere along the line, as adults, that kind of gets kind of just dulled down.
0: Well, I, I, I think, I mean, you've just kind of for me opened a bit of a can of worms, which is cool. <laughs> um, I as as a as a former teacher, I think, you know, the aspect of play is so important. Yeah. Probably up until the age of about nine or ten, and then there's this whole aspect of well, it's time to grow up. You know, and, and we then start getting into their aspect of, you know, rote learning, you know, and, you know, times tables and English and everything, and that, that, that whole piece of just exploration and just having fun, um, you know, I mean, you know what it's like, because you were in one of my mastermind groups for years, uh, actually just holding space for senior leaders and just, you know, often just having a bit of fun, yeah. um, you know, I mean... Think think about when we did the bake off. I mean, um, just being in just being in the kitchen and just trying something new and cooking with somebody mm-hmm. else. We just, I mean, just had had so much fun. Um,
1: well, one of my kids said to me, um, and he must have yep. been about. We were on the school trip and it, uh, school the school run uh, one morning, and he must have been about seven or eight. And he's uh, George, my eldest. He's, uh, he's always been a big thinker. And he said to me, he says, you know caterpillars, mum? And I said, yeah. He said, they turn into butterflies, right? And I said, yeah, yeah, they do. He went, well, all caterpillars. And I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure caterpillars turn into butterflies. And he said to me, no word of a lie, he said, does that mean you don't get old caterpillars? And I was like... And I remember it, it's, you know, what, eight years ago. And I remember sitting, driving thinking, mm. oh, my God, I've never thought that before. I'm an adult, and I've never thought that before. Why is that, you know? And this, this kid is just something that he was pondering on the way to school. And yep. I, I, I honestly didn't have an answer because my logical adult brain went, well, I, I, I suppose you don't get old caterpillars because, yes, they turn into butterflies. And, and he was like, mm. And he was satisfied with that, but just that whole wondering wonderment. wonderment um, He also asked whether bees had bogies, but I I didn't have an answer for that either.
0: (laughs) Hey, have you seen uh, Man vs. Bee with uh, Rowan Atkinson? (laughs) Okay, Uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like Mr. Bean esque. Not as good, but it's on Netflix. It's definitely worth. uh, uh, worth a, a watch what, what was interesting before when you said the the aspect of um uh hijacking my um my adhd just kicks in and i i kind of suffer i say that with a suffer um i, I don't think i suffer it's just something that i've really become very consciously aware of over the years this aspect of kind of golden penny syndrome mm. in the fact that I don't know why. I just feel I kind of have this need to kind of. I get excited about new things, mm. so that that I kind of um, it. Suppose it's self hijacking mm. in the fact that I just uh, sometimes it's a conversation or something that I read or listen to is that I just get so excited. I wouldn't even say it's distraction, but there's this, for me there's this thirst of uh, uh, thirst for knowledge and, and growth so often I go start going down a path and I think what's happened for me more recently um definitely in the last kind of three to five years is the kind of the ability to kind of go I acknowledge that this is a great opportunity or great piece of learning however at this moment in time I'm choosing to press the pause button every time I had it last week I was speaking to uh um, somebody up in Auckland, I've not, I have not. I hadn't seen them for a couple of years. Um, and he was like, oh, I'm just about to do this, and it's really exciting. Oh, my God, Adam, I'd love to have you involved. And, like, half of me is going, you know, it's kind of that Jekyll and Hyde, half of me is going, oh, yeah, this will just be amazing, and it's going to be this big thing, and I've got to be involved. You know? And then the other half of me is going, now, if you do this, you know, and I remember uh, somebody said to me years ago, in order to start something, you've got to stop something. Yeah. So I, I was literally sitting there having this internalised conversation whilst this other person speaking to me. And on, on one shoulder, it's going, okay, that's fine, Adam. If you want to do it, but what, are you going to stop doing? I'm like, well, there isn't actually anything I do want to stop mm. doing. Okay, well, then you have to say no. And I, I, I hear the words coming out of my mouth going, Elias, this is a really interesting opportunity, and I would love to be involved. However, I must at this moment in time say no. Like that's really hard no. for me, really, really hard for I me. Think, but at the same point, I was kind of a fist pump. Moment.
1: Yeah, I think I think again with that reflection, I think I can honestly say one of my one of my difficulties. Um, certainly in in my last leadership position was kind of similar in the fact that I'd get excited by ideas and I'd get excited um, about them starting and, you know, getting it off the ground and stuff like that. But then something else would come along. And, you know, being in the position that I was, it was like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And uh, I'd lose interest in that over there. And I was quite, I think it's fair to say, as my coach, you would know this, I, I could lose interest very quickly. And as soon as I'd lost interest in something, I didn't want to give it any of my time. And I think that was quite difficult for people around me as well on teams because I, um, I think I know myself well enough now to say I'm not a starter-finisher. I'm a starter and a starter and a starter. Um, but the finishing doesn't hold as much interest for me and I think I wonder whether again on reflection whether that's why coaching appeals to me more because it's it's ongoing you know there's not really a you do get people who have a goal in mind but usually when they get to that stage there's there's the another thing or there's something else or what they originally wanted to do is perhaps not quite what they're in so there's always something that they're moving towards and I think that's why that work, this work appeals to me perhaps a bit more than the task start to finish a work that perhaps I was doing before
0: Yeah I remember doing my Clifton Strengths Finder and uh, Instigator is one of my top five uh, and I would ha- I've always had this thing about bringing people together so you know kind of convening and creating a group of people and almost kind of like uh, being the energy to get them first and foremost together, then get them, uh, you know, storming, norming, forming, uh, and then getting to the stage where I kind of I just slowly retreat. So it's kind of like, oh, well, where, where's Adam? Oh, he's uh, he's not here anymore. He's kind of just mm. gone, and kind of just dis disappearing into the the night. I suppose a little bit kind of like uh, Nanny McPhee esque. <laughs> um, and if I if I Nanny um, McPhee. If I look back, <laughs> thank you. Um, if I if I look back over my years, uh, I've con- constantly done that. Is just like create groups, uh, some of which are still still convening now, um, and it, it brings me great joy to see them still kind of connecting. But knowing that you know, knowing that I started it, but I'm not necess- I'm just mm. not involved anymore. Um yeah, just uh, just really interesting. I remember when I, I was not necessarily originally training, but some of the training that I, I received when I was running um, uh, doing mastermind groups to the Vistage, I remember a, a, a Vistage chair saying to me, um, when you're looking at like building groups together, he says it starts off, there needs to often be one or two leaders so that it's your group. Uh, and then it kind of moves and morphs into a case where the group is a collaborative piece. Uh, so it becomes our group and then at some point the group just almost has its own mm. identity and it just becomes the mm. group um I, and if i look if i look back uh and i look at current groups i'm involved in i think that's just a great uh, a great thing that once the group has its own uh i suppose dna value uh identity um it's like that's not when people goes, well, that's not what we do around here. Oh, okay. Well, where does, where's that mm. defined? Oh, well, it's a really good question. I don't necessarily know. Um, the, the power of group, uh, is just fascinating. One of the, one of the upcoming guests actually to, um, the, uh, podcast, uh, Leo Bottery, um, who wrote a couple of books, one called the power of peers. Mm. and the second one, uh, peer innovation. um, so uh looking forward to speaking to him about the uh the value of uh of the mm. collective yeah um uh, you got any questions got any questions for me
1: um what do you wonder about
0: so um I wonder about wondering mm. right? uh i think um I always knew that I was incredibly inquisitive um I just always asking lots of questions, a little bit like your it, you know, why, why, why do we do that? Yeah. Why? Why? Um, I'm wondering all the time. In fact, I think for me, if I'm awake, I'm wondering. Yeah. Um, and I'm probably, I, I'm not probably, I am at my best when I'm wondering for other people as well. So in that kind of, you know, coaching or mentor or kind of board facilitation perspective is that what I, what I see or what I don't see just allows me to kind of wonder. And then, I mean, you'll probably remember this quite frequently. is like just looking around the table at a group of people and going, hey, Kelly, I'm wondering what you're thinking." <laughs> <laughs> now, often with you, to be fair, it was written all over your face. But what I... what <laughs> <laughs> we used to we used to joke about the fact that your resting bitch face. I mean, this is an audio that most people can't won't be able to see. But your uh, your face was. Um, this is the second podcast that we've about your <laughs> resting bitch face. But that's cool. Have
1: its own podcast soon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. the uh, C- coach Kelly's resting bitch face. Uh, how's a coach? Uh, you could can... <laughs> um, But I. Some people don't see that. No. Some people literally can't see the you know the body language. Um some people can't sense the energy or the discomfort or you know kind of the, the rattling of the pen on the table or the you know the the um the tapping of the foot. So, you know, really being quite in tune with what is being said, but actually more often than not what's not being said, and then just that wonderment of just kind of giving the people, giving people permission, whether it be in a group setting or um or a one-on-one setting, to allow them to kind of open the um, their pathways to a different a different space, um, you know that, that's where I know that I'm absolutely on my a game when I'm when I'm when I'm doing that. And people kind of walk out the session or whether again and kind of go, do you know what? I uh, I really appreciated you just asking that question or pushing me a little bit further because I I think you're right. I think either we internally or Society mm. just pushes us down a path where we we just we're doing mm. and we're not being and we're not thinking and we're not reflecting and we're not wondering
1: because
0: mm. uh, life is just life is just there. Um, I I wonder if you know the aspect of why mindfulness and meditation has become so uh socially accepted because it's been around for you know since the dawn of time i wonder if the reason why it has become socially acceptable is because literally if that's the only point uh, you know in a day or in a week where people will give themselves mm. permission to just to sit and you know and mm. take the pause you know it'd be really cool if there was a blog post <laughs>
1: totally you should say that um meditation it's interesting about that whole uh and it's something else that i'm i'm writing about that whole self people people think that they have to as well this this whole thing of like oh it's you know meditation that sounds good for me i've got to i've got to meditate thing is that it i've got to know how to do it and things like that there's almost like it's become this pressure thing whereas the simple art of wonderment is just allowing yourself to daydream it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be called meditation it doesn't have to be with music or chanting or beads or you know whatever um it can just be with a cup of tea gazing out the window and I think that's what I speak to clients about as well is about that just that just that ability just to just to sit with yourself sometimes and just ponder um ponder life people can say oh you know uh."
0: um so uh i'm gonna do a song check here so um back in the day in my in my youth uh name check uh henry wrigley and uh, nick smith um we actually played this in our band and it's a a song called daydreamer by a band called menswear they weren't particularly famous um but the the words are really actually quite interesting um slowly shifting gently drifting in your arms I'm quietly breathing silent dreaming thinking yearning hoping for a better journey understanding what I'm planning you're so blind you flounder drowning um just uh, ch- just check it out on Spotify it's really quite um quite a, a really 1995 wow I've just had a um I'm on I'm old uh just uh flashed through my head but I I just remember that <laughs> I just remember that song. Um, and, you know, the words, I think, resonate with that aspect of kind of just daydreaming.
1: And daydream that, that whole concept around daydreaming, is quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's, it's got quite a negative concept. Oh, she's a daydreamer. Head in the clouds, you know, couldn't possibly be intellectual and, and thinking about something intellectually. Um, kids are daydreamers, you know, they're not really with it. Um, all those sorts of things.
0: Whereas if you think about um, most entrepreneurs actually that's where the the gold comes from when there is that that mm-hmm. that wonderment that daydreaming that aspect of uh, of uh, of challenge you know like your son asking the question you know uh, does a caterpillar ever ever get old you know that's if we if we deny ourselves the opportunity to to have those thoughts um I wonder. I wonder um, about whether we're just doing ourselves a disservice. You know, we're we're confining ourselves to to the norm.
1: Are we having those thoughts, but then not expressing them out loud because we think they sound a bit stupid or mm-hmm. inconsequential, or who cares whether you get old caterpillars? Who cares? I don't I don't care whether there's an old caterpillar walking around my garden. I don't care whether there's an 80-year-old caterpillar, good on him if there is. But just because you worry that and again, this is about a, a coaching thing, isn't it? If we worry what people's perception of us is for having these thoughts or asking these questions, who cares if there's not an answer? Who cares yeah. if there's if it's just a question? That is just a question. There's so many questions in the world that just that are just questions. Why are we not asking these out loud? Just to air them, really. You know, just to so, just to give them a little bit of life.
0: One of my favourite things that I've uh, I've ever done is just going into a, a senior leadership team and 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 facilitating that opportunity to wonder, to think, to play. So a couple of things that I've done, So, um, and you can search these up, Lego series play. So Lego have actually got a whole division. They've got a whole number of boxes where you can buy the Lego and with a facilitator, actually without, you just go a, a way of problem solving. So kind of go, okay, so mm-hmm. here's some of the challenges that we've got. Okay, use Lego. Um, the other thing, I'm sure you remember when we did uh, Constellations, with uh, yep. with ne- with Neil Wilkie, um, Neil's a former guest on the podcast. Uh, just this aspect of using uh, individuals and bodies uh, to represent different aspects of a of an issue, a problem, or an opportunity. Um, Chris Patton um, came in to do a session on wargaming. So he was um, in uh, in the army. Um, he got blown up in Helmand Province, but what he spoke about was in the in the army, they do uh, this aspect of war gaming. So they spend ninety nine point nine percent of their time practicing, wondering, thinking, objectifying what potential situations or scenarios are going to happen, so that actually when mm-hmm. they do happen, they've been through that drill already. But we don't, we never do that within our own lives, or we never really do that within within business because we're so busy busy doing. So the aspect of just, mm. you know, um and, and often I've gone into uh into leadership teams and I've had a dozen envelopes. I'm like, okay, cool. Here's a load of situations and scenarios. Uh pick one. My favorite was always um, you know, the the senior leader, CEO, MD of the business has just been run over. They're now in a coma for the next six months. How are you going to continue running the business? Right. Uh, and then you stick the CEO or the MD in the corner of the room. They're not allowed to say anything. Um, and it's interesting stuff, simple stuff like usernames and passwords for the bank. Um, other stuff like signatories and uh strategic plan. Uh, there's an exercise that, uh, and if anybody listening to this wants to have it, send me an email and I'll send it through called the green box exercise. Um, uh, you know, the green box exercise is a list of about uh, 40 documents uh, which um ex- basically have in place so that if you are to pass that those around you have uh, have got all the information stuff like uh you know um how to run the business uh letters wills all that sort of stuff so it just I just find it's really you know i'm I'm wondering even more now is that uh, why why we don't why why are we obsessed? With the instant gratification of now, as opposed mm. to the wonderment and excitement of what could, should, will maybe be in the future.
1: I think there's there's also a uh, there's a there's a I think an obsession with knowing, you know with knowing, knowing, knowing gives us comfort, um, it protects us, it makes us feel safe, you know, we're, we're in our comfort zone, we know what's going on, um, and, you know, whilst in a lot of situations, knowing is good, you know, knowing where the fire exits is, very good, uh, knowing where the anti venom is, if you're bit by a snake, very good, um, but some knowing is, you know, you don't need to know. You don't need to know where the caterpillars get old. You need to wonder where the caterpillars get old, but you don't need to know. And I think that sense of knowing gives us a security kind of pushes us further away from just the excitement of wondering about things. Like I say, not 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 all questions have to have an answer in life. They can just be, when does a question when is a question a question, and when is it a wonderment? I don't know. Is it a wonderment when there's not an answer? I don't know. Man, that's probably that's a question for Daviday. Um,
0: yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> or prof- or Professor Rao, yeah. uh, who's going to be coming up soon. Cool. Um, Kelly, last last final thoughts, final wonderments that you'd like to share before we uh, finish out.
1: I wonder how much better it would be for, for a person or for everybody if they did give themselves five or ten minutes every day just to have a cup of tea. Even when you clean your teeth, just, you know. Why did they make toothpaste minty? Why, you know? Mm. Why is it not chocolate-flavoured?
0: Why, why is kids' toothpaste strawberry and not mm.
1: mint? is it blue and pink?
0: Um. Yes, that's probably a marketer's dream. There. <laughs> um. My final thoughts is I am. I'm wondering what you're wondering if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> the bloody hell are these two, two people rambling on? <laughs> I know two people are rambling on for just over half an hour. But actually, on a on a serious note, um. I, I wonder if you're able to, if you have been listening to this podcast about giving yourself permission to just take, um, even if it's just five minutes, at the end of the podcast, which is coming up shortly, um, just to sit and just sit in your own space and sit in your own wonderment before you just get back on to doing whatever you're doing. Now, um, if you are running and listening to this, I wouldn't suspect that you uh, you wonder whilst Closing your eyes and running at the same time. I wonder if that actually would cause an accident. Anyway, sidetrack. Thank you, Kelly. Um, I always wonder where the podcasts are going to go because I never have a script. And uh, I always know that it will go the place that it needs to go rather than having prescription uh, and uh, prescribed questions that I that I ask. So I thank you for your for your time. Um, this is the Elevate podcast where we help you get focus, flow, and fun uh, as a leader and as an entrepreneur. If you have enjoyed this podcast, uh, please share it with one person. That's all I ask, uh, and then um, they will enjoy it too because you and them are similar. I wonder. Um, Till the next time. Uh, This is the Elevate Podcast. Bye for now.